This is Pastor Keith Norman, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast where we mix it up a little bit and we discuss those subjects that are pertinent and relevant to our growth in Christ. Oftentimes you'll hear us come on and we'll talk about subjects that we preached about on Sunday and allow people to ask questions. And then we'll talk about those fresh new subjects and we'll talk about the things that are right there nearest and dearest to your heart. Join me every weekday. You can tune on to Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Glad you're our guest. So for the people who were not here, we're just going to take a few moments to go back and just review um, why we're having this conversation in the church, the different love languages that there are, and a scripture that we want to just continuously stay grounded in to remind us why we're having this conversation. So last week we covered the five love languages. If somebody just wants to call them out from top to bottom, the five love languages we had... Y'all sound like a Monday, I understand. So those are the five love languages. We discussed how each person has an emotional love tank, and that means that that is where people are pouring into you and taking out of you. And then we discussed that the way that you get poured into is often by giving love, and we wanted to stay focused on that. So we read the verse Proverbs 11 and 25, and it says that she or he who refreshes will be refreshed. The more that you pour, the more that you give, the more that you will be poured into, the more love that you will receive. We also talked about how we have a primary love language and a secondary love language. So those are your top two love languages when you take that test. This does not mean that those are the only two love languages that you are being called to use. That just means that those are the two that you are typically most fluent in and the two that you feel most comfortable when you are giving and receiving. So... All right, so we were reading from Matthew 22, and the verse says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord. Everybody say, Love the Lord. There you go. And love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. So that is why we are having this conversation, because our call, our commandment is to love the Lord and to love others. So we don't want to just view love languages as this romantic conversation. We understand that it can be platonic. We understand that we can use our love languages to worship and praise, to to show love and adoration to God. So we want to look at it from a very wide scope. We also talked about when you are not giving love or receiving love, you you sometimes feel very empty. We talked about the feelings that we associate with that the tiredness that you receive. Sometimes you physically feel, you feel exhausted when you're not giving love or receiving love the way that you need to. So we wanted to discuss how this is more than just a spiritual thing. This can also be very mental and physical if we are not taking the time to receive love and to give love. So did anyone have any questions just about that over, overview real quick as we move into our next topic? All right, good. We left off with a few questions, and um, I did a little bit of research. So the first question is, what do love languages and leadership look like? And Sheena asked this question. So love languages and leadership often looks like appreciation or encouragement. This is a book that um, Gary Chapman has wrote just for leadership. So any leaders who are in the building who want to know how this can transfer over to what it looks like in your workplace, in your career, this is a great book for you to look into. And they interchange the language. So where we are saying five languages of love, they're saying appreciation and encouragement. 
And this is just ways that you can build upon your team. You can tell your team how you appreciate them and their love languages. So this is a good resource for anyone who needed to know more about that. Another question that we left off as was, how do we navigate between the love language we want to give and the love language we want to receive? So we had some people who shared that although I have a top love language, it's not exactly the love language I want to receive. And just in the research and just in the meditation that I did over the week, um, it kind of dawned on me that although we may desire or think that another love language better fits us, the love language that we scored the highest one is usually the one that affects us the most emotionally. So it may seem like, yeah, I want to receive more gifts, but when that person is not giving me those words of affirmation, that's when my feelings are either hurt the most or helped the most. So we want to look at it more so, I think I'm going in and out. We want to look at it more so about how this is emotionally affecting us and not um, the love language we would desire to give. All right, so where are we going? This week, um, we're going to move into, we had some questions about our love languages genetic. Um, is love language a nature versus nurture thing? Was I just born this way? What are the things that may have led me to my score? So this week, we're going to take some time to unpack and do some real reflection about our love languages and look beyond just the numbers in the scores. So we want to make sure that we're being very intentional with ourselves. We want to make sure that we're being very honest with ourselves and taking this time to really think about our scores beyond the numbers. All right, so I'm going to read to you all an email that was sent to me. So it says, Dear Kiesha, someone once asked me, is it possible to speak one love language but want to receive a different one? My answer, absolutely. About 75% of people speak the love language they want to receive, but that leaves about 25% of people speaking one love language predominantly while preferring to receive another. So that's where we left off last week. Raise your hand or wave your hand if that kind of was what we were talking about or that affected you. You want to receive one, but you've got to score about another one. The person who asked the question is not here this week. And that's all right. So this most, like, most likely relates to a person's childhood where they learned to speak a love language that wasn't necessarily their own. So if that is you, you may be a part of the 25%, but you're not abnormal. So many of us were probably taught a love language or we developed a love language that was pleasing to our caregiver or pleasing to the people around us, pleasing to maybe our siblings. It was what we felt needed to get the love that we wanted. So I think that you asked the question last week, Tamika, is it a genetic thing? Is it nature versus nurture? I think that we want to look at it more so as a learned thing, not necessarily genetic, um, not exactly nature either, more so a nurture kind of topic. So as we have this conversation, does anyone have any thoughts about that? Um, especially the comment where it says, this most likely relates to a person's childhood, where they learned to speak a love language that wasn't necessarily their own. All right, so does anyone speak a love language that they sometimes feel isn't their own love language? A lot of us had discrepancy in scores. We said that words of affirmation was our top one, but receiving gifts is the one that really felt natural to me. Was there any flip-flop there?
Um, my top love language was quality time. Um, but my second to lowest, well, my bottom was gifts, and then the second to last was physical touch. And those were the ones that stood out. I tied with uh, words of affirmation and acts of service, and that made sense to me. But I was kind of wondering why I felt like physical touch was in the gray in my eyes, um, because it was just a weird number. But I discussed it with my older brother, and it kind of made sense why quality time made sense, because that's what we did growing up. We just spent a lot of time together with family, and that was just what we did. And so I like doing that now, even with friends. Um, but physical touch, I think sometimes I desired more um, intimate touch from a nurturing standpoint, but I probably didn't receive it as much as I desired it. So I wonder sometimes if that's why it's a, a gray with me, even with people. I still desire sometimes to um, do that, you know, of course, in a respectable way, you know, platonic ways and different things like that, but I'm, I'm um, sometimes apprehensive to it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes really, like, almost perfect sense. Could it be safe to say that sometimes the love language that we lack or the one that we score the lowest in could be the love language that we truly desire, the love language that we want to receive more of? That's a possibility. So we're going to move forward, and we just want to know, so what does this mean? We have these scores, we have these numbers now. Is this the end all be all? And I'm gonna say no to that. I'm gonna say that this love language test is literally just scratching the surface. That's just the first part of understanding the kind of love that you want to receive. That's just the first part of truly understanding yourself and the kind of love that you are able to give as well. Um, we understand that this is not the first, I mean this is the first step, but not the final destination. So when this is all said and done and we've taken this test, we don't want to just say, well, I'm a words of affirmation person, and then that's all you're going to get from me, and that's all I can give you. Instead, we want to take some time to truly dive beyond the scores. We want to take some time to maybe engaging with some of our discomfort, maybe engaging with some of that hurt that could be causing our love languages to have some discrepancy in scores. And we want to just have some conversation, some real candid conversation about that. So I do ask that you are just near someone, whether it be your accountability partner, um, make a friend if you could, just so we can engage in some real conversation with one another. Because I do know that these love languages are a pillar of community, which Christ calls us to do. So the first question is, could we be going through life loving uncomfortably because we are still loving in a way that is not our own? Is there any way that we could possibly be giving a kind of love that doesn't necessarily feel natural to us because we may still be loving in the way that maybe our caregivers wanted us to love, or maybe the people around us wanted to love. Is there any possibility that that could be what's going on? Did someone else have someone to say? Are we loving out of a place of lack or hurt? Is that genuine love? What does that look or feel like? And I want some answers for this one. Are we loving out of a place of lack or hurt? Is my top love language because it's something that I desire, something that I'm missing. <laughs> no, you got to step up like everybody else.
And with that being said, when we receive another type of love, we think it's toxic. We push it away. We block it. And we only think the right type of love is the love our parents gave us or that first boyfriend, quote unquote. And when we get older, I feel, and you may, we can, you know, I feel we, our love language changes the older we get. Mm -hmm. I have taken this test three times and mine have kind of fluctuated. Quality time has always been the top, like Tamika said, her brother says because their family spends time together, so it's ours, it's quality time. And, but to answer your question, well, I have the question is this, is it right for the love language to change when we get older? Is that genuine? I would say yes, because I think that as we get older, maybe like our values and priorities could change. So things that maybe have meant a lot to you before, maybe you had a false idea of what love was, so physical touch was your number one. And now that you have learned what love truly means, then it may have shifted on your, on your list. And I think a lot of people would agree that their love languages have changed too since the last time or the first time they've taken it. I do think we're not honest with ourselves. So when, we, when you say, is the love genuine or does it come from a good place? Sometimes we're not honest with, honest with ourselves when it comes to love or we deflect on the love that we may have with growing up because when we get older, um, 40, 50, you know, I, as I see, you know, that's when people really say, you know, I was born this way or I've been like this my whole life and it's becoming a stubborn instead of being vulnerable for the love or vulnerable for whatever your love language is. So I do agree with what you're saying. So I'm 48. <laughs> and some of what you said, I would agree with as well, especially with growing up with how you were taught to love by what you saw from your parents, from those around you. To answer the first question, are we loving out of a place of lack of hurt? For many years, I loved out of a place of hurt because I was violated as a child. So I equated what I received as love and what it was supposed to be and I took it into many relationships that I had. Was it a genuine love or is that a genuine love? It was genuine to me in my mind at that time. As I began to grow and heal, I began to learn that maybe that wasn't what true love or agape love was really about. Uh, what does it feel like? What does it look like or feel like? It looks like a lot of us in this room. It looks like me. It feels like pain. It hurts, depending on what your situation is. Vulnerability, being a real key to that and being able to be open and honest with yourself uh, has a lot to do with that as well. But that also triggers the healing part of it that helps you to understand where this came from and how did this how did this build in my life like this. So I would say a lot of us do love from a place of lack. If we didn't receive it or if we were hurt by it, that's that's all we knew. 
And so we take that with us, and until something else happens differently, that's our norm. That's who we become, that's who we are. And in those moments, I would say it's genuine, because you don't know any difference. So that's my opinion. Anybody else? Thank you for, I uh, just want to send some gratitude for you being very raw and vulnerable with us. That takes a lot, so I do appreciate that. Um, to kind of piggyback off what you said, I have a question just, how do we know when we are either loving out of a place or lack of hurt or being loved in that? Do we, do we wait until it's over? Are there any red flags that should go off? Like how do you, when does your alert system go off? Like this is not the kind of love that I should be giving or receiving. Or is it kind of a hindsight 2020 type of thing? I think it's not until you realize that you have gone from relationship to relationship or encountered bad experiences with the love that you're giving uh, that you, and you finally sit down and reflect on your own, um, that you begin to realize, okay, what am I doing wrong? Or what is, you know, what is it about me that this keeps happening? Or, you know, those type of things. Being a, a child that grew up without her father being active in her life, I realized that my love was more, I was grabbing hold to anything that paid some attention to me because all I wanted was the attention of my father. And so in that, I had to realize that the love that you want doesn't have, you don't have to reach out for it and grab it all the time. Sometimes it comes looking for you. And sometimes you just have to sit, well, not sometimes, it will come looking for you. And you just sit still and allow it to come to you without you running after it, without you pursuing it, without you manipulating and tricking to get what you think you desire or need. Yeah. So Tara could kind of hit on a lot of things I was going to say because abandonment or um, was my lack. And so when you have a lack of abandonment, you tend to, um, as Terika stated, you know, grasp on to a lot of things. But I think with the lack, um, you also begin to try to put things in place of, and then you realize those things aren't that positive for you. Uh, and so you struggle with that because you, more than, well, I will speak for me, for me, even in doing it, you know that that is not the right thing to do, but you still do it because you're filling a void. And so that void and that lack tends to take over, but then you realize that it's not genuine um, and, and you just hope that you figure that out before it's too late. And so it, 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 it's hurt, it's, it's, it's shame, it's, it's a lot of the negative things that you have to address and deal with. And so then you get to a point where you try to resolve those things and, and then you begin to look more towards the positive. But in, when you're in the midst of it, it is just that gratification that, you know, that self-gratification you need in that situation in that time. So you all kind of answered some of the some of the question that I have for the next slide. Um, just what type of effect does this have on our current relationships? We jump from relationship to relationship with all of this baggage that we haven't really um, haven't really addressed, or maybe we start to fill these voids, or we start to fill this um, lack with things that 
um, are not very solid, not very substantial. So you all have answered a big portion of that. Can anyone speak on any other effect that this could have on your current relationships? If you have been loved out of a place of hurt or you have loved someone out of a place of hurt. So glad you said that we're going to get into that. For those of you who didn't hear her, she said, what if you do not feel worthy to receive that love? So um, we're going to get into that. What do you, what, how do you address that? What do you do? What kind of work needs to be done? So that's my next question. Oh, did you have something to say? Oh, yes. Uh, you asked, how does it uh, affect a current relationship? Mm -hmm. If you're in a, an abusive relationship and you get out of that relationship after, oh, I don't know, 12 years, um, you get tired and you didn't know that that wasn't love, true love. And when you get into another relationship for myself, it was hard to realize somebody could love me because I never had it before um, in a relationship. So I did take that hurt into another relationship until I realized the same like Candace and so many others have said, until you just realize that's not what love really is until you learn what love really is so it can't affect your current relationship. Absolutely, and I think that there's an old song by Eve and she says love is blind. And um, I would say maybe fake love or ingenuine love is blind, but the real authentic love, you're gonna know it. it there won't be a question about it and you won't feel that blindness of just kind of where do I stand with this person? Where do I stand in this relationship? Is this real, is this genuine? So that blindness, I think we, she says love is blind, but. I think she's talking about a, a fake kind of love, not the real love. So um, back to your question is how do we move from being that 25% of who is like not quite sure where they stand, if they're worthy of the love, if they're worthy of giving that kind of love, how do we get on one accord? Um, how do we ground ourselves in God's love for us? And how do we move forward so we can be better lovers of him and better lovers of the people that he's assigned to us? So. What can we do? Um, Terika kind of said this beautifully earlier. We can take the time, take the time to really sit down um, to allow God to reveal our heart, um, maybe even our hurt to ourselves. I think that often we go from relationship to relationship. We go from um, person to person, not realizing that we're hurting so many people along the way because we have not sat down with our own hurt. We have not sat down with our own heart. And because of that, we're just moving through. We're just moving through, moving through. So um, questions, and you don't have to really answer this, can think this to yourself. Um, sit down and ask yourself, is there any love hurt that I have not addressed or dealt with? Not just, you know, from an ex. Um, do I have some forgiveness I need to do with my parents? Do I have some forgiveness I need to do with my children? Forgiveness I need to do with my siblings? Are there some things that I need to look into myself and realize that I have some hurt that I'm carrying with me? And that hurt is transferring over into relationships, into people who had nothing to do with it, had nothing to do with it. Is there a love language that I would like to give or receive more? So if you looked at your scores and any part of you was like, wow, I was kind of surprised that this love language wasn't, wasn't higher on the list. So take that time to meditate and ask God, God, how can I be better in XYZ? How can I be better in giving and receiving this love language that I did score so poorly in? or score so lowly, I'm sorry, let me not say poorly. Is there any parts of my heart that are not being spoken to? Um, what I mean by that is, is there any part of my heart that doesn't quite understand what, when someone is affirming me? Is there a part of me that doesn't understand when someone is giving me an act of service? 
ask God to be very explicit with you because one thing I will say is that he will tell you. He'll tell you about yourself real quick. So um, the verse that I just wanted to ground us in was Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive. And I want to kind of twist this a little bit. See if there's any offensive or offended way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So sometimes we are offensive to people, but sometimes we are offended. And we're operating in offense. We're moving about with this kind of just shield up already. And the person's not even there to battle with you. The person's not even in a war with you, but you got your sword, your helmet, your everything, your mace, you brought it all. So being very mindful of how we are moving about and making sure that we are sitting down and asking God to reveal himself in, in our heart and illuminate maybe those dark spaces that we need to take some time with. Anything? Move now. All right, number two. Um, after we have asked God to show us our hurts, to show us maybe those spaces in our heart, um, acknowledge and get to know it. Take a little time. Um, you want to know, I think that we try to hide things from God as if he doesn't already know. We try to hide our hurt. Or sometimes, this is me, I try to fix it before I give it to him. And here I am, hurt and tired, because I can't fix it. Yet here I am trying to, and I think that I'm, I'm taking this, this job to him, and he's like, I can't do nothing with this. How many of you have tried to fix something and end up breaking it more, and then you got to take it up to the person, and they're like, yeah, this is going to cost you more than, than how it started. If you would have brought it to me when it was just a stitch, you know, then it would be okay, but now i got to patch the whole thing up. Your sleeve is missing. It's a lot of things going on. So um, we want to shift our mindset from thinking that God doesn't want us when we're hurt. He doesn't want us when we're broken. Um, you are just as worthy of being loved when you are your best self and your worst self. So making sure that we are continuously affirming ourselves and using the word because he is affirming us in his word, that you are worthy of that love regardless of the things that you have experienced. There's no shame or guilt that should ever be attached to you because his, his love is so wide, he's covered all of that. So um, you want to take some time. Um, know where those areas of brokenness are coming from. Has anybody ever been like caught off guard by their emotions or their offense? Like you low-key, like why did they even offend me? You don't even know, like, they just said hello, but they said it the wrong way. Like, what was it? I don't even know what it was. So take some time to know what people, what places, what things often cause you to feel that hurt again. Because I think we try to just go through and go through and go through and go through. And then when it happens, we're so caught off guard and we react in a way that we shouldn't because we haven't taken the time to get to know our hurt. Instead, we try to just put it away as if it didn't happen. And then we're moving about in this offended way. So... Um, the verse that I was grounding, our, grounding us in, Lamentations 3 and 40, let us test and examine our ways. And the key part here is return to the Lord. So when you have, I was hurt, this offended me, this did not feel good. Take it back to God. Allow him to truly work in that. Allow him to take that time because we don't want to be, um, we don't want to be, again, moving through life in this way of hurt and never taking it back to God. He sees our hurt. He knows our hurt. He wants us to run to him. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to spend that time with him so that we can move in about in a renewed way. All right, so after we have 
We've meditated. We've asked God to reveal ourselves. We've asked him to reveal our hearts. We've asked him to show us our hurts. Then we have moved on. We're getting to know the hurt. We're getting to know the triggers. We're getting to know what things set me off, what things offend me. We got to let it go. We have to truly let it go. So let's just imagine Terika. Terika is the absolute best iPhone fixer in the world. My screen is cracked. And I know you got great reviews, and I really need you to fix my phone. Can you fix my phone? Can you just can you fix my phone? I know that you're really good at what you do. And I know that, oh, see, I know this, you know, there's no one better than you to do it. But can she fix this phone? Not until I let it go. And I think that's what we ask God to do. We're like, all right, God. And then we go back and check on it. Hey, God, what you doing with that? Hey, God, how's this person that hurt me? Hey, God, I'm going to go check on it myself since you ain't told me. That's me. Hey, what's up? How you doing? What you doing, big head? You know? But we have to truly let it go. Um, how can we expect God to give us new hearts when we will not let go of old hurt? Do we, do we expect for him to give us this new heart if he knows that we are still going to run back to that old hurt? Probably not. Because he loves us so much to know that you're not ready for it just yet. I need you to take some time with it. I need you to take some time to really, really trust that I'm going to restore, I'm going to make amends, I'm going to love you bigger and wider than that, than that hurt. I need you to trust me in that. I want to give you this. I want to give you this so bad. I want to give you this new heart. That's like saying, well, God gave me a new car, but the old car didn't start, so I'm going to get on the bus. What? He gave you this new car, but you were so caught up in what the old car was doing, that you decided to just go get on the bus. So he wants us to be very mindful of that, making sure that we are taking that time again to make sure that we are really letting it go. Um, this one hurts my feelings because it, it's mostly, it was real personal. I think sometimes we get so comfortable in our hurt that we claim it as a characteristic. We think that this hurt is just who I am. That's just me. Take it or leave it. And then, what's the saying, birds of a feather? So if you are this hurt person, what kind of person are you attracting? You are constantly attracting hurt people. And I think sometimes we look around, it's like, who, Kiaz, you have dated the same person five times. Different haircut, different shoes. Because I, here I am, this hurt person, not taking the time to sit with my hurt, not taking the time to ask God to reveal my heart and my hurt to me. And I'm just moving and I'm moving and I'm moving and I keep going into these same situations. I keep going into these same relationships, these same interactions. Because I haven't let it go. I'm hanging out with it. I've become best friends with it. We're supposed to get, we're supposed to, get to know it, figure out what it does to us, and then let it go. That way, when we possibly see it again, we know to go the other way. Right. We know that this person, this place, this thing brings out a hurt in me that I cannot afford to go back into because I got this new heart. I got this brand new squeaky clean heart. And, um, oh, is there any hurt? That's a question that you would like to ask yourself. Is there any hurt that I have become just too close with 
I've let it become too, too ingrained in my blood, too ingrained in my thoughts, too ingrained in my actions. Is there any hurt that I'm just, at this point, you know, I can claim it on my taxes. So um, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He knows it's a mess. He said that. I've never been to a clean wilderness. I'm sure the wasteland doesn't smell very good. He knows those things. But he's still willing to make a new way if we would let it go. And then um, the last thing before we move into our next part is after we have asked God to show us who we are, sorry about that, show us who we are, after we have gotten to know this hurt, maybe figured out where it has come from, we've taken that time to figure out what our triggers are, then we've let it go. At this point, you're extremely exposed. You have stripped. So now it's time to guard your heart and your mind. Because the enemy is going to do this thing where he tries to play with your memory. He's going to remind you of those things. Well, girl, you know, he wasn't the give-giving type, so you probably shouldn't give this man a gift either. She really wasn't that physical. He's going to do that. He knows you have done this work. He knows that you are exposed. He knows that you have taken this time to be out and open with God about your hurt. So now he's going to try to play with your memory. He's going to try to attack you from every which way. And our job is to make sure that we are guarding our heart and our mind. We are only listening to the people and the things that are reminding us how worthy we are of love. Sometimes you've got to get rid of that friend who's reminding you how, girl, you know, that may be the type of man you need. No, that's not the kind of, that's not the kind of love that God designed for me. The friends around you that are always bringing you down, that's not, the kind of, that's not the kind of love that God designed for me. The co-workers, that's not the kind of love that God has designed for me. And standing very firm in that. Sometimes it's our music choices that we may need to guard ourselves from. Music can definitely influence the kind of love that you think you are deserving of. According to the music, the only way that I can ever be in love is if I'm being touched all the time. That's not true, you know? So making sure that we are mindful of the things that we are watching, seeing, listening to, the people we are interacting with, the people that we are around, because in this time, you are very, 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 I won't say sensitive, but you're open. You've put it all out there. The world knows that you're hurt. So we have to make sure that we are guarding ourselves, that way this doesn't become a continuous cycle of trying to figure out why am I hurt all over again? Why am I offended all over again? How did I end up here all over again? So after you've done this work, again, the enemy may try to remind you of the love that you've lost or the love that you've hurt, really to distract you from the love that you are deserving of and the love that you have the potential to give. He's going to remind you of all that stuff that went wrong to keep you from getting to the love that you do deserve. But if we guard our minds and if we guard our hearts, we know we can ground ourselves we can have that anchoring scripture. We can have those moments. We can have that accountability partner that you can call, you can say, you know what? I am acting as if nobody loves me today. Sometimes that's how I act. 
I act a plum fool, and I'm like, wow, you would think that nobody loved me today. I have to remind myself. I have to have my friends. I have to have my accountability partners that can let me know, no, you are deserving of this kind of love because God said this. I'm just here to remind you what God said. So um, we're going to take a little, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 36 and 26 says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone. He did not say that I will let you put it, you know, in your cabinet. He said, I'm going to take it. It's mine now. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, I'm sorry, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. He's going to give you a new one. What is the use for the old one at that point? What's the use? None, really. So on the back of your handout, there is a sheet, and it is divided into four quadrants. And um, I just wanted to take a little bit of time, as much time as you need, actually, because I think this is very important for us to just really sit down and think about um, the love that you give. So if you follow with me, it says the love that I give. Which love language do you find is the easiest for you to express or give? How does, the, how does giving this kind of love cause you to feel? Be very honest with yourself. Um, try to write down feelings, actions, some things that come to mind when you are giving this kind of love. What kind of butterflies do you feel when you're giving that love? The next section is the love that I reject. Which love language do you find is the hardest for you to accept? Which one is too good to be true? You don't believe in it. You ain't never seen it before. Can't be right. Um, at the bottom left, we have the love that I saw. So take a little bit of time and think about your earliest relationships, your family relationships, your sibling relationships, your parental relationships. What did you see? What kind of love language was expressed? How did that make you feel when you saw it? Did you understand it? Was it confusing to you? Be very honest with yourself. And the last portion was the love that I missed. So which love language did you see the least of in your earliest relationships? Um, do you think that it has any effect on your loving ability now? And what do you think you missed out on from not seeing that love? So I would like for us to take just a moment. Um, can we stay maybe seven to nine minutes to do that? Seven to nine minutes to just take a little time and reflect there. Gotta put it um, I put down, I missed um, out on quality time. Um, when I was growing up, my mom's thing was giving gifts, and she worked a lot, so we didn't see her a lot. And that's actually my lowest one on the thing, so I feel like that's why it's hard for me to do quality time, because I don't know exactly what that looks like. Okay, I say uh, physical touch, um, as I was discussing with uh, Candace when we were growing up, can you, which one are you in right now? The love that you... The love I missed. Okay. Physical touch, I'm sorry. Um, you just didn't touch. Okay, now it's in, in today's terms, you, you know, everybody said in each other's personal space. I didn't know nothing about that. We just, you didn't sit close to each other. You didn't touch each other under no circumstances because just the way we were raised. But as I began to grow... Uh, as an adult and began to fellowship at church, 
It's okay to hug. It's okay to touch. But when we were growing up, that was just a no-no. You didn't do that, you know, but under no circumstances. You may want it to, but you just didn't. You say something smart. Uh, I'm going to go from the love I saw. So the love I saw um, between my parents was like, uh, it was real good. It taught me things to look for in a relationship as far as like, uh, I'm like, I, I get a lot of my dating qualities and relationship qualities from my dad. I call him like an old school dad because he always, like he give mama flowers, he do my sister stuff like that. And so um, that's parental love that I saw. Uh, the sibling love, that was physical touch slash abuse. Because um, we always fought, but at the end of the day, it was still love. Um, family, as far as mom and dad's side, um, that was more quality time too because like we was always close-knit. It was always together. Like we'd leave church on Sunday and go over to grandma's house and eat. Then go from one grandma's house to the other grandma's house. So I just saw a lot of family. And then um, I broke mine down in like the friendships as well too. Because, like, I have a best friend of 20-plus years in this room. And so uh, his name is Josh Johnson right there, Jay Music. Shout out to him right there. Um, but, no, nah, like, there's, there's, some things you, there's some things you don't see, like, in, today, like, in today's friendships and stuff. Like, people be friends, fall out one time, they're not friends no more. So, like, the love, that's just the love I saw, which was quality time. Um, the love I give is also quality time. And let me see. I gave quality time, and uh, I forgot the other one. God, dog. But, yeah, that's it for me, though. I appreciate you taking the time to break down each part of your relationship. And look at that. Um, the love that I reject is receiving gifts. I have a hard time with that when it comes to men. I'm very reluctant because I feel that everyone has a motive. Mm. If you give me something, you want something in return. It doesn't come from a genuine place. If my mom give me something, she's giving me because she loves me. But if a man give me something, what you want back? If you give me diamond earrings before you give me a diamond ring on my finger, what do you want from me? So it, I have, I'm dealing with that, pray for me. The love I give is extra service. I can only show you how much I love you about what I do for you. Um, and then I was going to come from a genuine heart because that's the way I was raised. The love I saw was quality time. Um, we still do Sunday's dinners. My family still does family dinner. We still do weekends, bowling, and everything. So we spend time together. We have group texts and all of that. So very close-knit. So if I'm dating someone, I try to give them quality time, and I try to incorporate it in the mother love of my son as well. I give him that quality time as well. The love I miss not necessarily from my family, but from every man that I have dated. Like you said, um, you date the same person, um, different haircut, different shoes, rest information. Um, they don't speak the life I need for them to speak into me when it comes to goals or you look nice or sometimes you just want to say, hey, babe, you look nice today. That takes us a long way. Um, so that words and affirmation is something that I miss from a love from a man, not necessarily family. So. Sydney, we don't want to hear all that. I, I just want to um, piggyback on the, um, what the sister was saying about the physical touch. And I just want to 
sort of contradict what she was saying because when we were growing up, houses weren't as big as they are now. Mm. Um, we had one car that the whole family rode all the way in from to Hersey, Pennsylvania, so there was no personal space. It was, it was a lot of touching, a lot of physical contact, so I just look at that one from a different angle because out of necessity, we had to. Okay, so when completing mine, um, after I looked back at it, I saw that there's a direct relationship between um, both quadrants of the sheet. So the love that I reject is the exact same love that I missed. So I reject words of affirmation and I reject acts of service because I feel like it's not genuine. But that's the same love that I missed out on. So this, this really kind of brought that to light is maybe that's why I'm rejecting it because I didn't get it. And then the love that I give is physical touch, quality time, and gifts. And when I do that, I feel happy. I feel like I'm at my best. I'm giving the best parts of me. And that's the exact love that I saw that I did receive. So it was funny to kind of put it in these different quadrants and see the relationships that exist between them. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, like what you were saying, mine's correlate. Uh, my highest love language was definitely quality time. So initially when I was going to fill out this sheet, I was like, okay, that's the love I give. But then the key word is easiest. Uh, for me to express a gift, and I cannot put quality time because the time that I'm blessed with, I am very stingy with. <laughs> um, it's because we don't get moments back, and you know, it's like time is time, you know, we have to value it. Uh, but I did say the easiest is words of affirmation uh, and appropriate physical touch, and me being an educator, um, I'm always encouraging, I'm always loving, I'm always lifting. Uh, my scholars and my coworkers and anyone who I come in contact with up, um, as well as with fist bumps and high fives and hugs, because hugs produces endorphins. Uh, so those are the easiest for me to give. Uh, the love that I saw was quality time. Uh, my parents, they are together, they still together. And uh, I'm the only child. And this is complicating me being single now because I've seen them together, so I, in my eyes, that's love. And um, it's difficult for me to find someone, you know, that can match up to what I see with my parents. Uh, the love that I reject is definitely active service and receiving gifts, and those were, they tied for my lowest. Um, just because I'm very detailed and meticulous, and I like to do things a set way. Uh, so I, could, I definitely understand how that correlates. And then the love that I missed is act of service. And this also was one of my lowest ones. I'm like, okay, yes, it does make sense. Thank you for sharing. I want to, um, should I wait? Go ahead, Q. I want to shout you out for this paper because I never just really sat down and reflected on it. So um, for the love I reject, I um, reject words of affirmation. Um, often, I seem very confident, right? I think very little of myself. So when people show me like affirmation or tell me things, I'm thinking that they're being fake or either lying, <laughs> either lying to me um, just to make me feel that way, or either I think it's not genuine. So I never realized like 
that's why I really reject that particular love language. So I thought that was pretty cool to sit and reflect on it. Yeah, this came from a, um, I told y'all last week I did a lot of crying in preparation for this. Um, and this actually came from me just having some light bulb moments with self, that the love that I, the correlation that you spoke on earlier, some of this like, wow, these aha moments, like maybe I'm rejecting this love because I saw it too much, but I saw it with the wrong motives. Or maybe um, I saw this love and it's the reason that I give it. But just realizing how much they connect with one another and realizing that just your scores, um, that's just the starting point. It's really truly just the starting point. That's just a number and it's our job to take it a little bit further and do more of the work. Um, go ahead, Tamika. I also want to thank you, Keasia, for this sheet. Um, I am learning just really how to feel. I think more than anything, and be okay with that, just to be okay with that and know that it's no wrong, re or if it's not wrong for feeling how you feel, it's just how you feel. Um, but a slight disclaimer, um, and it's just to my mom, she knows I love her so much. But I wanted to start with the love I miss because I'm learning, I'm learning how critical it's gonna be for me now while I'm single or before I have children or have a husband. But the love I feel like I missed was um, physical touch and words of affirmation. But I saw it, I saw my mom, I feel like, give it all to her students. Like, I feel like I got to see that. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong she was supposed to, and that's just how much she loves and loves her profession, right? But I feel like sometimes at the end of her work day, there was not as much love as I wanted to glean from her left. And then you multiply one times four, and there's four, and then you add a husband. And so it's like, she had to share, I'm learning that she just had to share and what she was giving was still genuine, but a lot of times it still might, I'm, I might have missed it, but I didn't understand it at that time. I get it now because I'm a teacher and I realize how much I give of myself to those kids. And I realize how exhausted I am at the end of the day and how much love I don't have left for me, her, my brothers, my friends. I'm, I'm spent. And a lot of times I find myself in a recluse yeah. state because I don't be around nobody. But I know that that's not healthy because, you know, but that's what happens. And so I guess I wanted to say that I understand a lot of times why now, I now understand why I feel the way I feel about the love I miss because I'm in those shoes. Um, but the love I saw also kind of correlates with that. It was quality time. Um, as far as my family was concerned, it was, it was always family first. We did everything together. I enjoyed that, but I, I noticed that. Also, acts of service. My family was, um, I got to see them serve every day, serve in some capacity or another. And so um, I understand now why that's also the love that I give is acts of service, even though quality time is my number one, acts of service is what I give the most because it makes me feel accomplished, it makes me feel pleasant, it makes me feel peaceful, it makes me feel obedient. Um, and then the love I reject is receiving gifts. Um, and, and this more so from a relationship standpoint, like Kim was saying earlier, I feel cornered and I feel obligated. Um, just like you know, you're trying to buy me or win me through something that may not be genuine. 
But more so than anything, um, like I said, I'm just glad that I, you gave us this sheet so that I could start to unpack the why behind the, especially the love I missed. Uh, I found it funny doing the sheet actually, um, because the love that I find the easily easiest to give is the love that I also reject. I don't know really why that is, but I guess I do know why it is. Um, so I find it easy to give like words of affirmation. Um, because I like the people around me to feel like their love through my words and to feel like they can do anything they put their minds to and to kind of like use my words to kind of back that feeling like I'm good with my words, but I reject words of affirmation um, mainly for the same reason that um, Shaquilla said, like kind of like when you hear people tell you things, it's kind of hard to believe, especially if they're not necessarily showing you the same thing. Like it's cool to like hear people say stuff, but I only respect it when I see it. Um, and then the other love that I give is also acts of service, just because I like to, like, I'm a very supportive person, so I like to make sure that, like, the people that I love aren't overwhelmed with what they're dealing with. Like, I'm always, like, ready to, like, help people. And if it's, like, I work with high school kids now, and, um, like, I'm always, like, willing to help them, or even with the words of affirmation thing, like, willing to tell them, like, the things that they need to hear, not necessarily want to. But I reject acts of service because, like, I don't like to need help from people. I, um, I try to do, like, I try to do everything on my own. Like, if I can do it on my own, I'm going to do it on my own. And I'm going to keep trying to do it on my own until, like, I absolutely cannot do it. And it's because, like, um... Like my boy over there was saying, like, it's a certain way that I like things done. Like, it's a certain way that I want to do things. Like, even at work, like, when I'm, like, overwhelmed at work and other people, like, offer to help me, like, I don't let them. Because I don't, I just don't like the way that people may do things. Like, I have a system about the things that I do. And I really just rock out like that. appreciate y'all taking the time to reflect. Um, I also want to just acknowledge those people who did speak out and respect the people who, who were reserved as well. Um, it, takes a, it takes a lot to be really honest and vulnerable with yourself. Um, it takes a lot to sit with yourself and acknowledge that there are some things I need to work on. There are some things that I need to unpack. There are some things I need to figure out. Um, that kind of work is exhausting. I think we often look at this enlightenment or this um, I don't know, this spiritual awakening is this beautiful thing, but sometimes it's really ugly. Uh, more often than not, it's very ugly. It takes a lot of undoing before you can be redone. It takes a lot of grieving. Um, it, takes a lot of, it takes a lot of acknowledgement. So just kudos to all of you for just taking that time to do this with, to do this with me. Um, and I leave you at your starting point. So as we wrap this thing up, um, this was just the beginning of the work that we want to do with ourselves. I hope this gave some people some light bulbs of kind of just where to start your prayers, maybe where to start your fasting, where to start your accountability, to start moving towards the love that we want to see more of in our lives, um, to maybe create the love that we missed for the families that we are creating now, 
to maybe be more open to the love that we rejected, um, to maybe just see more of the love that we saw and to give more of the love that we give. And then also to become more well-rounded in our love languages and not just rely on maybe that top one or top two and calling it a day. So um, again, your love language is just a start. That score was simply just the beginning. Um, this sheet was just the beginning as well. It was just some questions to help you frame, why am I loving this way? Why am I rejecting this kind of love? Where do these motives come from? Take some time and sit with yourself. Did something happen along the way that got me to this quadrant? Um, doing the work to address those discrepancies and low scores. We have to do the work. We have to take that time. We got to ask God to show it to us. We have to acknowledge that it happened. We got to let it go. And then we have to protect ourselves in our mind. I'm not saying, I'm not saying defend. I'm not saying to be, to be like that but to just guard yourself and protect yourself about the things that you are accepting and the kind of love and words that you are accepting. And then um, we need to know um, that God wants, he wants to renew and fix any love hurt that you may have had. He wants to do that. He loves to do that. He finds joy in doing that for his children and always grounding ourselves in that and making sure that we know um, that his love is wide enough. It's big enough, it's vast enough, it's deep enough. It covers all of those feelings that we spoke on earlier that can be attached to love hurt. It covers that guilt. It can cover that anger. It can cover those hurts. So truly understanding that God wants to love us in this great capacity, we have to allow him to do that. We gotta take it to him. We gotta leave it with him and allow for him to restore the hearts that may have been damaged, the love hurt that has happened to us, so we can just be more fluent in all of the love languages and use them to love all. So thank you all for doing this with me and another go round. And this is where I leave you. Terika, take it away. Also, um, if anyone, I'm sorry, I forgot this last week. If you would like for me to send you the slides, I'll have a list up here for emails. And I also have the handouts from last week in case you were not here or you want to share them with a friend or a neighbor. Again, let's give her a, another round of applause. Thank you, Kiasia, for doing such an outstanding job for the past two weeks. And it's not easy standing up here. And then to stand up here and... Uh, after you've studied and toiled and ooh, dealt with yourself on this lesson and then have to get up and teach it, uh, I think we need to commend her for that uh, and how powerful she uh, displayed this lesson for us and made it so plain and so practical for us for these past two weeks. Thank you again, Kiasia. Do we have any first-time visitors? Worshiping with us in Bible study, your first time in Bible study. Okay, home team. Thank our couples for uh, coming and being with us on uh, these past few weeks. <laughs> Let's congratulate them and hope these, uh, <laughs> hope these uh, love languages have helped you on your journey to saying, I do. Um, be, continue to be in prayer for our pastor. He's fine. He's back in town. He'll be ready for us on uh, Sunday, so be here. We have a congregational meeting after each service on Sunday. Also, Howard University Spring Break Alternative will be here March the 16th through the 20th. 15th, I'm sorry. I was a day uh, away. 
15th through the 20th, so we are in need of volunteers. Uh, so if you will please sign up with Martrice in the Grand Lobby uh, on Sunday, or you can sign up on tonight. She's taking names. So let us stand. Grab the person's hand next to you. We will have a offering basket on the stage for those that want to give to our debt reduction campaign. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for sharing this lesson with us, God. Sometimes we do not understand the way that we are until we sit long enough to hear from you what it is that we need to hear, God. Sometimes we don't know why we love the way we love or why we receive love the way that we do. But God, you know, and you are willing and able to fix whatever is broken within us, God. God, for those that are, have questions about themselves or have questions about the way that they love or how they love, God, we ask that you would answer their prayers on tonight, God. Answer their prayers, answer their longings that they have within themselves, God, that they have not dealt with, God. God, ask, uh, we ask that you give them grace and mercy to endure what may seem pretty ugly, God, but you are able to guide us through it all, God. God, we ask that you will renew our hearts, God. Give us brand new hearts, God. Remove our hearts of stone that we may have within us, God. That is not of you, God. We want to love. We want to love more. We want to love better, God, and we want to love one another as you have called us to do, God. So teach us, keep us in the midst. As we leave this place, God, but never from your presence, protect and watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have questions, please email me at PastorKeith4 at AOL.com or stop by and visit us each Sunday morning between our 745 service or our 1030 a.m. service. I'm sure your heart will be glad. In order to keep these podcasts going, your donations are always enjoyed and we appreciate them. So many of you have been kind enough to send a donation to our FBC Broad uh, Cash app or to other means. Just go online to our website and look at the many ways that you can support this ministry and the great work we do, not only in Binghampton, but anywhere our voice can go. The Lord told us to go into all of the world and that's what we intend to do. God bless.